Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Thank you and welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs. Tell you what, Rick, I'm tired. We just got back from uh, Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, we've gotten a lot of stuff posted, a lot of stuff still to go as, uh, as our production crew, i.e. Rick Flieger, yep, is I cleaning made it, it up. Woo! That's you a know, long Alejandro run. Finkelstein, our production manager, is uh, still AWOL. And I don't know if he's ever coming back. He, he says he's coming back. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath there, but I'd like him to. That's a long run from the... Uh, from the control panel over there here into the studio. And I know long about the time I move all that crap back into the studio like I had it originally, somebody, be it Alejandro or somebody else, will agree to be the uh, producer, and I'm going to have to do it all again. So I'm avoiding that at all costs. But that's right. Uh, check us out, arenasportsnet.com, at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfantasysports.com. A pretty decent weekend, Rick, out at the Hall of Fame. Had a good time. Not as exciting as years past, I suppose, for us personally, but a good time, like Rick said. Uh, head over to AsylumFantasySports.com. I've got, uh, what do we got? We got photos of the uh, Hall of Fame game posted in a, in a little mural or whatever you want to call it there. We have uh, some very short au- or video clips we were able right. to put together lots of audio still working on that should have that up in the next couple of days so keep watching asylum for that shot a i guess a mini show if you want to call it that uh recorded a little bit of a just a little bit of a discussion from the floor of the enshrinement on saturday very noisy very yeah. festive but there was a it was threatening to drown us out. Yeah, right about, and that's the way it works. Right after we plugged everything in, it was nice and quiet. The crowd was just streaming in. It was a pretty cool setting. About eight seconds before we hit record, uh, they started the rap music, so it'd be turned into a Kanye West concert right. <laughs> in the venue. So working with that audio, I hope it sees the light of day if I can get our uh, – our microphones boosted and get the background music drowned out. I'll, I'll make every attempt at it. I can promise you that. So, but lots of lots of audio clips. Uh, Rick, uh, well, yes, question. You got one in with uh, Al Michaels. A really cool, about two or three minute yeah. answer. Want to get that out of there? You had a good conversation with Trell Davis. Who was the other one? Uh, Danny Tomlinson. You got yep. a nice conversation with. So, and other, other all kinds of other good audio. So keep keep your eye out on Asylum Fantasy. Uh, talk slower, Richard. Keep an eye on AsylumFantasySports.com and at Asylum Football on Twitter. You'll be able to catch all that as soon as uh, our crack production team, i.e., me, gets that <laughs> done. Yeah, and you know we didn't catch as as many. You know, quote unquote, you know, personal conversations with with the players uh, this year. I mean, it was crazy, bedlam. and bedlam. and and it's it is it's, it's getting harder and harder for the you know little guys. Basically, right. Let, right. let's face fact the the newspapers, you know, people like us and so forth. Tough to get in there. Yeah, it's um, national media. This is the first. I mean, you remember the first year. Oh, <laughs> I was talking to Ray. I'm leaning on the table. Yeah, I'm yeah. like a foot away from the guy. We're just standing there talking just like chatting, right? we've known each other. Now, if you can get within three feet of him, you're doing good. You've probably injured someone getting there. Right. This was the first year I can remember. They were there to a degree, 
but the presence that NFL, the NFL Network and ESPN yeah. had at this event. Now, they always had all the access they wanted, right? And obviously, they're right. running the enshrinement and, and, well, not the Hall of Fame game, that's NBC. But those seem to be separate separate sort of entities. This year, they had a big presence in Media Day, and uh, they took up a lot of space. Yeah, so, they sure did. But it was and still I'll tell cool. you what, and, what a difference $400 million makes yeah. I mean, that turned a uh, – a good-sized high school stadium into the one whole side was nothing but luxury press right, boxes. Right. I mean, these things were top-notch. The neighborhoods we used to park in were purchased and torn yeah, down, they and gone. they're all dirt now. I mean, right. they are literally turning it into the Hall of Fame village. Yeah, so long story short, enjoy this uh, whatever we get out to you. This may be the last year they welcome uh, welcome your boys, but – We'll keep trying. Great time. But uh, we talk about all of this, lots of good stuff, if I can get that show posted, so we won't waste too much time on that. Lots of headlines, Rick. We have decided this week we are committed to finishing up these uh, division previews. We're starting to get emails into the mailbag, so next week we want to start answering draft questions, want to start discussing draft strategies, different things like that. So let's get these previews done this week, Rick. We'll do some headlines today, and one of the, maybe what do we want to start with? The NFC, it doesn't matter. NFC. East, yeah, maybe we'll start going with. the east, south, and yeah. uh, north. So one of those today, and we'll do the other two on Thursday with minimal nonsense. We'll try to just get those knocked out so you are ready to go. Because I gotta imagine, Rick, maybe not this weekend. Next weekend, folks are going to start drafting. Home leagues are going to start drafting. I would think. Oh, no doubt about it. And I mean, it's hard to believe the season's what less than a month away. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. We'll have. Uh, what, on Wednesday we'll have uh, the next preseason game and then a full slate of them basically from Wednesday on. I, I'll i complain, I'll whine, absolutely worthless to watch, but I'll watch them, Rick. I'll have the TV on, I'll be flipping around. Nothing to see, nothing you care about, but you can't turn away. It's like, um, what, what do they say, moth to a flame? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it's football. Right. It's the NFL. Yeah, that's, so That's what we need. So let's get to the headlines. Obviously, the big story this week started uh, You started over the weekend, Ryan Tannehill, with a partially torn ACL, which I wasn't even aware could happen. Looks like they did or, or are going to put him on season-ending uh, IR. We talked a little bit on that show we did at the Hall on Saturday, Rick. That we didn't think it'd be much of a drop off to Matt Moore, and then they go out and give Jake, sign Jay Cutler a deal worth up to thirteen million dollars for one year. I, I gotta ask myself. So, if you if that show ever sees the light of day, we, we can sum it up here in about eight seconds. I don't think it was going to change the Dolphins' offense much without Ryan Tannehill with Matt Moore filling in. What does Jay Cutler add to this mix that, that makes him worth going out and grabbing, you know, as your starter and keeping Matt Moore on the bench? That move actually really surprised me for, for the money. You, what you're saying is when you sign him and give him that money, he's coming in, he is the starter. That's, that's what surprised me with this move. Oh, that's exactly what it says. And let's face it, they're rolling the dice. The potential's there, obviously, with the arm to have some really big games and can be able to put up some numbers. He has weapons. They have a running game. Look, they've got three pretty quality receivers. Right. And, you know, I just don't see where it drops off. I I actually think the passing game could improve, but from a quarterback standpoint, I don't know if Cutler – 
really is all that interested. Well, you know, and that's not to look at him. That, and that's always been the question with him, right? I don't know. I was a little slow getting to that. Right? But you know, all in all, I think Cutler's probably a better passer, but I still think Tannehill's a better quarterback. Right. So I mean, it, it'll probably even out, and I don't really see the Dolphins in a whole different light, quite frankly. No, and that's the weird thing. So we are now to our third quarterback here. I don't feel any differently about the Miami Miami Dolphins offense as I did before the news of Ryan Tannehill came out. Here's what's curious about this to me. Here's what's interesting about it. I think the point was with a Ryan Tannehill and then with a Matt Moore, so we thought for a day or two, your thought with this Dolphins offense is they were going to be fine. They're going to be the same because what do they want to do? They want to run the ball with your boy, right? I mean, yeah. they want to run the ball. They want to work the ball to Jarvis Landry over the middle, out of the slot, do different things. You know, you get Kenny Stills deep a little bit now and again. You get Kenny Parker. Kenny Parker, yeah, not Kenny, so that's their <laughs> brother. You get Devontae Parker deep oh, Devontae a little Stills bit. and Kenny yeah. Parker. Yeah, yeah those guys. You, yeah. you know, those two. And – But really, it was a ball control offense predicated around the run game and what Jarvis Landry could do getting him the ball in space, right? Right. Now, I think that's their identity. What I wonder is, that is this not what Adam Gase wants their identity to be? Now, the signing makes perfect sense in as much as the relationship Cutler has with Gase, right, and vice versa. Right. So it makes sense. But if you can find something positive to say about Jay Cutler, which anybody who watched him play quarterback for the last three seasons, maybe the last two or three seasons, doesn't have a lot of positive to say about him. But what it does do, what you can say positive, he's still got that cannon for an arm. He throws a magnificent deep ball. So if you follow some of the some of the pundits, some of the fantasy analysis types saying this could be a real boom for Devontae Parker because now you have this deep threat quarterback. Right. What I can't wrap my arms around here is I don't think that's the identity this offense was built around. So does it fit in? You know, we're not even having the discussion. Does it work? Is Cutler as bad as he was the last two seasons, or was there other issues? We're not even having that discussion. Does what Jay Cutler? does well that one thing really fit in with what the Dolphins are trying to do actually I think it might Rick if you look at um your boy IJE got IJE I'll wait for it (laughs) I get excited I think it was like 49 percent of his rushing yards were in three games well you're right you're right if Cutler can actually have some success first three games let's say and really set a a, a precedent that he can get the ball to Landry Stills Parker and make them all viable weapons like he did Jeffrey and Marshall in Chicago right I think you'll see that run game get a little more consistent instead of 58 64 70 210 (laughs) 40 You, you know and this is something that may I mean that's what the game plan is a nice consistent run game and pass when you need to or or basically when you want to right you know because the run game is consistent if Cutler can do that I mean it actually could help that offense where my concern most comes in (laughs) Jay Cutler's head well yeah there's that (laughs) there's always that but where my concern comes in the most is the fact that 
Jake Cutler isn't a it's sort of what we talked about with McCaffrey and Cam Newton. Jake Cutler isn't that touch pass, dump it off kind of guy. He did, does not succeed necessarily in that True. type of offense. So this makes me nervous for all the screaming I've been doing about how Jarvis Landry ought to have a statue, you know, right next to the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, <laughs> D.C., that perhaps this could be bad news for a guy like Jarvis Landry. Now, he's still going to get his, but you just wonder if that's not what the – and I think this is what a lot of the detractors of Jarvis Landry talk about. If at some point they get away from this dink and dunk followed by three yards and a cloud of suck, Jarvis Landry doesn't fit in so well. And my argument always was with a quarterback like Tannehill, or like I consider Tannehill and Matt, Tannehill and Matt Moore the same person, quite frankly. So with either one of those guys, I have no concern of that happening. Jay Cutler's a different kind of quarterback. Whether or not he'll succeed, I think the odds would tell you he's not going to, but even if he does, I'm not sure if his success rises the, is the tide that rises the ship of Jarvis Landry. And, I mean, here's a kid that's been in the Pro Bowl the last two years. He's 24 years old. I think Jarvis Landry will be fine. Maybe. I really do. But it I, makes me nervous. It makes me a little apprehensive. I I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking that the offense, actually the passing game, could actually be better. Now, whether that translate, you know, because you're tr- it's a trade-off, right? you know, with that arm to that head. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, don't, I don't know if it's going to translate into a positive. I think the potential's there to be a positive. Yeah, you always have the head issue <laughs> when yeah. you're talking about a Jake Cutler. All right, so I did see a lot of. I'm interested too. This doesn't have much to do with fantasy football. I don't want to spend a lot. It of, doesn't. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But basically, the way Tannehill's contract is structured after this season, it basically equates to a bunch of one-year deals after that in, in terms of the way the cap hits are working. I'm way too stupid to understand how all that works, and I'm not going to sit here and read off the numbers to you. You have to wonder if Cutler comes in. Not talking about Cutler long-term, obviously, but rather than paying that big, mil, big, big bill on Tannehill with – in terms of who he has become, and I, like I said, I never understood the Tannehill thing, quite frankly. If you get an Adam Gase-type quarterback, a big-arm quarterback in there and it works, it might spell the end for a Ryan Tannehill after this season. Yeah, it's not like Tannehill set the world on fire, that's for no, sure. I'll never understand and the whole Tannehill thing. I don't get it. Some guys you know, mature and translate into a, a big-time NFL quarterback, and other guys just don't. I yeah. mean, there'll always be a place for a Tannehill. He's kind of like a Matt Moore like we just talked about. I mean, probably a little better. But if you were, I don't know, just just pick somebody. Say you're Dallas. You know, I'm talking a couple of years. You have Dak Prescott. Boy, it'd be nice to have Ryan Tannehill sitting there in case something happened, well, wouldn't it? Yeah, he'd be a really good backup. But yeah. I, I'm starting to wonder, is, is that all he really is? Uh, interesting, Rick. I, from a fantasy standpoint, I find this move interesting. Anquan Bolden finally signs with the Bills today. So I uh, look and he probably steps right in as a number two wide receiver. I love guys like Anquan Bolden. He's going to get his cat. You know, he's not going to have – 100 catches or 1,200 yards or double-digit touchdowns. 
But Anquan Bolden is a guy I want to own on my fantasy team. If well, you've got not? buys, I mean, if you've got thirty nine, so yeah. you'll take him. If right? you well, that that's true. <laughs> but if you got buys, if you've got injuries, you plug him in. He's not going to take an over, right? He's going to have four or five catches. Good chance he finds the end zone. This guy's just solid. I think that's really good for that Bills offense. I think that's a presence they've been missing in that wide receiver core. They sure missed him in Baltimore ever since he left. Yeah, that's, that's for certain. So I really liked what he did in Detroit, so I like that move. Uh, Martavis Bryant expected to be fully in, reinstated by the NFL this week. That, that's been a big confusing mess. Word finally coming out here locally in Pittsburgh. I don't know if it hit the national national news yet. That all that was holding them up is the, I've been yelling about the NFL and what a joke they are in, in regards to this issue for a week now. Turns out all he had to do, he had to set up some part of his reinstatement was to be going to rehab in Pittsburgh, and he hadn't called and set anything up yet, and that's why they hadn't reinstated him. So why the hell this, the his agent or Martavis Bryant didn't take care of that? Now, I do find it a little silly. The Steelers have been reaching out to the league trying to find out why he hadn't been reinstated and what they needed to do. Right. And the NFL said they weren't allowed to tell the Steelers. So oh, there must mean, be some sort of HIPAA BS or something. I don't know what it is. But apparently now everybody's aware of what's going on. They're expected to get it squared away and get them back on the field this week. You know, yeah, it, it's it's bizarre. I, uh, they, you know... This is you're supposed to okay. You're saying okay. Well, you know, we we really be, have to be concerned with these young men with all this money. They're just kids, and we have to help them and everything. But then, when the opportunity is okay, you've got to get to rehab to get your you know to get straightened out so you can get started with your career again. This that and the other. It's like I'm not saying nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. You yeah, because you're, you're a man. Yeah. But then the next time he's in trouble, oh, that poor kid, he needs counseling yeah. and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. I mean, you know, treat him like a man. But you know, you can you can still help a man. Yeah. I mean, just because you help him out doesn't mean he's a, you know, an infant. Right. right. So I mean, you know, somebody needs to just take the lead here and. You know, since they're so concerned about the players, you think the NFL would be initiating steps, you know, like send them a reminder. Hey, if you want your reinstatement, you still have to do this. And where's the union on this? Well, yeah. Where's his agent? Where's the NFLPA? Is somebody? Well, yeah. I mean, clearly he's a knucklehead. I'm not going to sit here and feel bad for him. No, I'm not feeling sorry for him. But, you know, I'm tired of the hypocrisy around, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we love you. They love us. He loves this guy, you know. But nobody says anything to anybody. Yes, nothing. We'll have to get really on again as an agent. Where does he fit into a situation like that? I'd like, like to ask that? him that question, yeah. definitely. So we'll have to do that. But hopefully they get him back. Rick, we saw this uh, out in the media center in the Hall of Fame. And I just – I don't know what the discussion is. I just wanted to read it because it cracks me up. But DeAndre Hopkins asked about the quarterback position. Yeah. Uh, the con- – do you call it a quarterback controversy? All reports are that Tom Savage is just uh, blowing away – the, uh, Deshaun Watson right now at the quarterback position. It looks like Savage is going to be the week one starter. But when DeAndre Hopkins is asked, here is his quote. If anybody should be a judge of quarterbacks, I've played with the most quarterbacks in NFL history throughout my first four years. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
DeAndre Hopkins, he said this after practice Friday, so I put the stamp on Savage, and I think that's all that needs to be said about that. So he sounds like Forrest Gump there, and that's all I have to say yeah. about that. That's a bold statement. Yeah. I like that, just saying, look, I'm the man, I'm your guy, here is my guy, he's the quarterback. Any more questions? I like. I don't know what the discussion is about that. I just really like that quote. Yeah, I do too, and I mean, he's he's – He's stepping up for his guy. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I think you need more of that. Right. Yeah, it's a stand-up. He wasn't, you know, cocky about it. He didn't throw a big fit. He wasn't threatening to hold out. He just said, look, I'm the man here. and You should listen to me. I know. I've done this. You should listen to me. Exactly. And I kind of like that. Word out of Kansas City, Rick, right now is that Kareem Hunt has really stood out as a pass catcher. For, for the Kansas City Chiefs early on in camp. Really, you know, we, we had that discussion when we previewed the AFC West. I am starting to get the vibe. Now, I haven't heard too much coming out of camp that, you know, this guy really stinks, right? I mean, we haven't got <laughs> yeah. to that point. Yeah, but breaking news. But, this guy stinks. <laughs> But really being reported, and as limited as they are in weapons, on off, I think you see Kareem Hunt. He, I think he's going to be on the field more early than I originally thought. And I'm starting to think over Spencer where Kareem Hunt's the Kansas City chief running back I want to own if I'm going to own one. I think they're both going to be fully involved in this offense, as, as be it, you know, as such as it may. <sighs> I mean, be Kel- it as such as it yeah, may. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. <laughs> isn't that what it is? Be that as it may. Well, no. They have another, the old one. Well, as, it certainly isn't be that I, as such as it may. I think maybe it. Let me get my I think pen it might out be. here. I don't know if that's going to fit. I think but maybe it is. Be that as such as, such as it may. As it may. I think we'll have to Google that. And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm right. I think it's just probably good. comes from old world Ireland. You're, you're going to type that in Google. And you know no, what's going to come up? No, I'm talking, but you can do that. If you type that in Google, though, well, here's what's going to come up. When, boy, <laughs> when are you going to get your act together? Yeah, most likely. <laughs> but uh, interesting there. So I... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, Kelsey's going to get his, obviously. They're Good not reports th- on Hill as well. Huh? Good reports on Tyree yeah. Hill as well. But that's yeah. not enough weapons. So well, you know what? With the defense they had last year and the season they had, that's my thought. And we cover already covered the West. I don't – I'm not excited about Kansas City this year. No. And – but if anybody can throw it together and have a winning season, it's Andy Reid. And well, yeah. he'll, he'll certainly use, you know, Hunt and Ware. Well, that's what I find interesting. If these reports are true and this isn't just spin coming out of a camp, which is entirely possible at this time of the year, as limited as they are in weapons outside of Kelsey and outside of Tyreek Hill, there is more than enough left for both of those guys to be legitimate fantasy players, right? To both be RB2s. Maybe if, if, uh, how do, how do I want to put this? But if, if Kareem Hunt is the, the pass catching threat he is, he could be standing on his own only in that role in a PPR format. He could be a guy who's a who's a mid range RB two, and if Spencer Ware's getting fifteen or twenty carries and sort of being the hammer and running the ball, there might be enough for both of those guys. 
Yeah, but you know, you, there's still Jacandrick West still yeah, hanging he's around still too. milling around too. I wish he'd go away. <laughs> and of course, you know, it, it seems like every discussion we talk about running backs because I think there's six of them. It seems like C.J. Spiller's on every roster. Oh, is he on along. there now? Of course he is. <laughs> you know, and he'll be cut by week four because oh, yeah. he's hurt. Yeah, but we should start to start the movement that he's fantasy relevant again, right? I mean, it, it seems to happen every year. Your boy, Rick, I know this hurts you bad. Quincy Anunwa out for the season with a neck injury. What in the hell? How are the Jets going to And the move latest the report is it could be career-threatening, really? which is really sad. Yeah, I know he had problems with it last year, and it sort of was an innocuous play. They, they, showed, they showed the highlights of it in that scrimmage where it happened. So, yeah, clearly something structurally wrong there. Scary for that kid, but you just wonder, you know, what, how are the Jets going to move the football? Well, they're not. <laughs> That's probably the good answer. Yeah, <laughs> just I have to be serious. You'll get you'll get some stuff with Belil Powell and Forte, but I tell you what, all you IDP geeks out there, load up on your Jets because they're going to be on the field a lot. Yeah, yeah, there'll be. I mean, of no doubt about that. But um, so yeah, just not- updating Enuma, uh re- re- yeah, will require surgery to repair a bulging disc in his neck. And will need six to nine months to recover. Ugh. So you don't I mean, like that when anybody is, starts rooting around in the neck. That baby's bulging if it's yeah. six to nine months. Man. Yeah, that's uh, scary for him. I don't know. I'd actually, I don't want to say I jumped on the Anunwa bandwagon, but sort I liked of what I saw. But and sort of as the clear number one, as horrific as they're going to be offensively, someone's going to catch the football. I don't Robbie Anderson, really? I mean, I just don't know who that guy's going to be. It may be Austin Safarian Jenkins may be the guy that's sort of sneaky, quiet, the stinky value, as I like to call it, out there that you could get late. Somebody's good. They're going to score, right? They're going to put up a couple hundred yards of offense a week just well, based – You would think so, but – Based on history, somebody's going to have to do it. So you wonder, you try to identify that guy, but good Lord, I couldn't tell you who it is. It might be Safarian Jenkins might be the guy I would be targeting if I gunned to my head and I had to take a New York Jet at this point. And, and it's and it's just go on the, the Jets' uh, site. I mean, it's it's horrifying. I mean, we, just, we just discussed, you know, Quincy Enumwa, Brian Parker, IR, done. Brandon Bryant, IR, done for the year. I mean, you know, they're just dropping like flies Marshall, and they don't have anybody. Right. Marshall suspended the first couple games. He may be back. He may be somebody somewhat interesting when he gets back from that suspension. I, I want to say you saw flashes, not even for games, but for plays where he looked pretty nice, where I was paying attention and thought he was Brandon Marshall <laughs> last year. You know, I didn't have any. And he shared, but you, oh, Brandon, oh, no, that's the other yeah, Marshall. Yeah, no, it's not him. But dealing with that suspension, but maybe him later on, I, I don't know. It, it's just a mess, and uh, get get well soon, Quincy. That, that's scary. I, you know, I don't like neck injuries at all. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm right with you. I mean, you know, Safarian Jenkins is, is going to be, you know, and, and Robbie Anderson, certainly this is his chance. Yeah. If, you, if he could just clear his head and not think that he's already Don Maynard right. and start performing, <laughs> you know, he could actually uh, do the quarterback a favor. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, find this one. I can't understand, Rick. There has been a big push. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter, but all over fantasy Twitter and fantasy social media that this is the year for Amir Abdullah. Everybody's hopped on that Amir Abdullah bandwagon. Not everybody. Well, you know what I mean. But word <laughs> I coming out of Lions camp 
is that in anything they do, Zach Zenner's getting all the goal line carries. And Theo Riddick is being used on all the pass catching downs. Of course he is. So what I got to wonder is how much does that leave for Amir Abdullah? Why is this becoming a thing again? Are we still enamored over that one big play in week two of the preseason last year? Is that what this is all about? Why are we so enamored with Amir Abdullah? And by we, I mean other people, not you and I. I know how you feel. No, about I mean I don't know. I mean, you know, if they're going to establish Kenny Galladay as a as a red zone guy, the goal line guy, along with Theo Riddick, you know, catching passes. Well, they're saying Zach Zenner's the goal line guy. I'm, they have also got headlines. I just pulled up the site. The first thing it said: Lions Kenny Galladay establishing red zone presence. So there what you does go. That tell you? Well, there you yeah. go. So you just threw another name. The in Lions the don't even know. Right. So I, no, I'm. You just wonder look, what's going to be left for Abdullah. Yeah, I like I like Abdullah, but oh, what was the who was the running back right before him that was going to be the next great thing? And he kept getting hurt, busted ankle, busted. All and, in Detroit. And, I know who you. Are. And, I, and let's face it, he's it. coming off. We saw what happened with MJD when he came back from the Liz Frank. Right. You know, and that's scary. I mean, if that if that bone isn't healed properly, yeah, with the type of running that this kid does, that's got to hamper you. Oh, and, and there, I can't see the Lions trying to throw some kind of a full workload Joyke on Bell him. Who you were thinking about, who? by the way, Rick Joyke Bell? Yeah, Joyke Bell, right? Um, but uh, no, I, I just don't see it, and I will not recommend. Abdullah, no, there's I, just no way. There's no chance he's going to fall far enough to be somewhere where I would consider him. All right, move on. Sammy Watkins left practice Sunday. Shocker! Hold on to your seat, Rick, with an ankle. Everybody panicked. He came when he went into the trainer's tent. Came back out, finished finished the practice. So probably not a big deal. But this is, I think, what you deal with as a Sammy no, but, Watkins owner, right? But that's right? the thing. I mean, um, I actually got into a little mini discussion with uh, you know Pat Thorman on Twitter yesterday he had sent out a tweet you know the the uh, always injured naysayers of Sammy Watkins is you know pushing down his ADP come to me you know like he's all excited because he's really excited and I tweeted to him I'm the first guy to let him go at the price he's going oh, right yeah. now and you know we're just stark opposites you know um because he is so excited about him i'm looking at current adps he's one slot ahead of demarius thomas yeah that's i'm taking demarius thomas the man doesn't get hurt and and i will take that any day because you know what you're getting with demarius thomas yeah the frustrating thing the ceiling is so high on a sammy Watkins. it is so high but is it on a buffalo offense you have tyrod taylor i mean nothing against him he's a good quarterback but you stick a sammy Watkins with a drew Brees, you say oh i mean that's sky's a limit for him but on buffalo i don't see it yeah i mean he he's put up numbers in brief stints yeah. incredible you know wide receiver one numbers just really seems it. I don't know why all of a sudden we're supposed to deny he's had trouble staying on the field. I, I don't really understand that narrative. But 
I'm not going to pay the price. He's going to go. He's not a guy. He's a guy I wouldn't mind owning. You're going to get some really big weeks out of. But I'm with you. I'm just. I'm just. I'm not going to pay that price. It's just simple as that. Uh, wrapping this up, Rick, real quick. DeAndre Washington getting all the second team rips, rips or reps. Rips. Yeah, there you go. All the second team reps over Jalen Richard. That's uh, somewhat interesting. And uh, Sam J. Perrine. Having issues with ball security and pass protect protection, so it looks like uh, you might be right on that one early on, and they're gushing over Fat Rob. So you well, may be right sticking with the old guard, and I might have got too excited that me and the other dum-dums might have got too excited about Pirine. Well, I actually think you know Pirine's skill set is probably better than Kelly's. But if you're not protecting Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the old Ronnie Hillman thing with Peyton Manning was in Denver. You can't pass block for a quarterback. Yeah. That, you Get know, out. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're out, and especially if you're not holding on to the football. So, I mean, he, and, but he's got time to learn. There's no doubt. that You know, Kelly's young. It's not like this guy's 34 no, no, and are no. worried about wearing out. I mean, I think their running game will be fine. Yeah. So, but I like Kelly in 2017. And I think he becomes the value, right? He's really slipped. Now, if this news keeps coming out, they'll probably flip-flop ADPs at some point. But early on, you know, Fat Rob looking like a real value because a lot of folks, me included, assumed Pirine was going to come in and just take that over, and that was going to be the end of that story. And but- we had a nice argument on that. I'm, I'm a staunch believer in these – some of these guys that show the potential and do a lot of hard work in the offseason where he lost, what, 8 to 10% body fat mm-hmm. and was quicker on his feet and so forth. You know, I think he felt the pressure, which tells me he's motivated, unlike some of these players right. that, you know, they just kind of disappear and lose their job. Now, at the end of the day, I don't know if any Washington running back's going to blow the world no. away with his in a fantasy football scenario. But they'll be they'll be valuable. They'll be valuable. Yeah. They'll be useful. But you're not looking at any RB one coming out of there because they really like to throw the ball 50 times a game in Washington right now, and probably for good reason. What's your thoughts on all this? I mean, everything is coming out of camp right now. Is Christian McCaffrey is the second coming of Jim Brown and Barry Sanders yeah. all rolled into one, and and you might even throw some Jamal Charles in there. I don't, you know, going back to the preview and the discussions we've had of McCaffrey early on, I've never been able to give a good argument of why I'm just not feeling it. It it might be the fact that number one, Cam Newton just isn't that guy. Sort of what we talked about with with Jarvis Landry and Jay Cutler coming into town. I have a hard time seeing that rapport being developed with Cam Newton. Cam Newton's just not the dump-off, touch-pass kind of guy. Look, when McCaffrey gets the ball in his hands, he's going to be exciting. He's going to be scary. But it's one thing that he's still doing it in shorts, Rick, right? He's still doing it against guys who are going to be bagging groceries this time next week. I just wonder, when you get in an NFL game and you get to full speed, look, he's still the talent is still there, and he clearly has NFL talent. But I think it's real easy to blow people away with your speed and elusiveness in a practice, right? I, I, agree, I really yeah. think that. I, just, I think he's certainly going to have value. He's going to be a valuable 
football player for the Carolina Panthers, and I think he's going to be a valuable fantasy commodity. He's not going to be a fantasy commodity of an R- late RB1, early RB2 variety to me. I just can't see it happening. That's not the way that offense works. That's not who Cam Newton is. And, look, he ain't the first cat to come in with good speed, good hands, and shiftiness out of the backfield. He ain't the first one. And, I like you said, we got to stop comparing him to Jamal Charles and Barry Sanders in their prime all rolled into one. It, it's just, it's not the case. Right? It's just – I don't – I just don't see it. I guess that's the answer I'm giving. Not much analysis there. I just don't see it. One thing I'm kind of excited about with him is the fact that, to me, John Fox misused D'Angelo Williams right. because of Jonathan Stewart. Then he's gone. Ron Rivera comes in. And Jonathan Stewart, I don't think – is capable of being used as as your full-time back as maybe Ron Rivera would like to use him. No. Kind of like Pittsburgh used Le'Veon Bell. If this is the cat that can do no, that. That's interesting. You're now, right. all of a sudden, you've got a highly productive, pass-catching, be it as it may, running back, you know, much as Newton likes to throw without taking the running back's head off from right. five yards away. I think he could be extremely valuable, and he could put up RB1 numbers. And he may well. I I may just swing and miss on him, kind of like I did on Elliott last year, because I feel like I said the same things about Elliott, right? He's going to be the number one guy. He's going to be a top 20 fantasy contributor. I just don't see him coming in and being a top five. Well, God knows I swung and missed big time on that one, and I'm not not embarrassed to admit it. These, these, These things happen. I wonder if this year it's the same thing with Christian McCaffrey. What I don't know is you bring up Jonathan Stewart and you bring up, I like the comparison to what you don't compare McCaffrey to Le'Veon Bell, obviously. No, but, but the way Carol- Ron Rivera would like to use him in the same vein that the Steelers use a Le'Veon Bell. I just don't know from what I have seen watching him play at Stanford, is he you, know, you can line up Le'Veon Bell and just march down the field. We saw it several times last year where they'd run, they'd have a 10-play scoring drive, and eight times they handed the ball off to Le'Veon Bell. Right. I don't think McCaffrey's that guy. So if, what he could do in the passing game, what he could do if they get him the ball in space, might still be enough to vault him to a, to a RB1. But I just I don't feel comfortable with the guy. I don't just see them lining him up and pounding the ball down the field. I just think linebackers are too quick. That speed and shiftiness he has in space, I don't know if it equates to being an NFL running back. Yeah, he might be better as a slot receiver, like we talked about with Duke Johnson for Pete. I sake. think he's going to be a good running back. I, you know, when you say like you know hand off and just you know force your way down the field. That is one advantage with with Carolina. You look at Carolina. I mean, that offense is probably the you know playmakers are probably the biggest in the league. Oh, certainly. I mean, you got Cam Newton, Greg Olson, Calvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. They're all huge. Oh, they they, they look and, like an NBA star. Yeah, I mean, they could there. bowl their way down the field using all of them. Right. And I think McCaffrey is going to be valuable, and I think he's going to be. Look, I never was a Jonathan Stewart guy. Not taking anything away from him. He seemed to be oh, injury no, I, prone. Yeah, yeah. But he just never was never was that exciting go to back all the time. How this was swung and missed on for how many years with him and D'Angelo Williams 
yeah. you know, boggled my mind. D'Angelo Williams, to me, is three times better yeah. than Stewart Why ever was. Why Stewart wasn't just coming in the game to give Williams a blow is beyond me. Right. I never, never understand But it. that being said, yeah, I mean, where right now he's at um, – and where he's going, he's like 33 overall. So you're talking about what, 3-8? Three nine. I mean, fifteenth running back right now. Yeah, I'm I'm all right with that. So he's going right ahead of Montgomery, Mixon, Woodhead, Cook, Hyde. I might take Cook and Hyde above him, but that's about it. So actually, his ADP is pretty fair with that offensive line and passing. I'm taking McCaffrey over Cook, um, Montgomery. Well, I tell you, jury's out of Montgomery gonna, to me. We're going to talk about him next when we get into the NFC yeah. North. Well, yeah, we'll get to that here. But real quick, I, w- I want to wrap it up like this. Anything, lest any of the the film watchers out there, the analytics guys want to get really mad at me, let me put it this way. Heading into this season right now, if Christian McCaffrey played for the Green Bay Packers, if he played for the New England Patriots, if he played for the New Orleans Saints, you, you sort of see the vein I'm going down, Rick, right now. Potent offenses. I would have him probably as a low-end RB1. He might be 10, 11, 12 for me. I just don't have a good feeling about the fit with Cam Newton and the fit in that Panthers offense in terms of being utilized to the utmost of his potential. To the the offense, I don't feel like it's dynamic enough around him to then be able to slip that play like Tom Brady would, surprise you out the back door over the middle. I just I'm not convinced it's good that Carolina is the right place for Christian McCaffrey. I really want to see Cam Newton. I'm not going to say become less selfish because I don't think he's a selfish player. But I think for so long it was him having to do do it, it yep. all. I real I I wish he could realize that he's got guys other than Greg Olson right. that can gain yards besides himself. And, and if he starts utilizing them, number one, that offense is going to start clicking a lot better, and it's going to be a lot more pressure off of him. That that's perfect, Rick, because he I think he gets the knock of being selfish. But I think you're right. For so long, he had to be the man. That, that entire offense was based on what he did, you know, say for Greg Olson to make a play here or there. But I, th- I think you're dead on. If he can transform and if he can learn to put a little bit of touch on the ball, I still think that's a big one because he may very well knock McCaffrey unconscious <laughs> game one, play one, and we don't Concussion. see him for three weeks. I mean, just because that's just not <laughs> Big Newton's game. So. It'll be interesting to see. Well, let's get into the NFC North preview. We will start with the Green Bay Packers, Rick. You brought up Ty Montgomery, and I think he's the biggest question mark. He's the biggest discussion here. You know, is he truly the RB2 he's being drafted as? I mean, he averaged 5.9 yards per carry last year, Rick, when he came in you yes, know, as the converted wide receiver, and really nobody saw it coming. So the, the questions become, are teams going to be more prepared this year? Are they not going to – now that – I put it – here's why I say that. I think, at least I felt, I can't speak for how defenses preparing for him felt early on when he made that tradition – that I don't think you, I ever felt like he was going to be truly utilized as a running back. You know, you give him a couple carries to keep the defense honest. 
but he was going to do a lot in the passing game, and that ended up not being the case, Rick. They just sort of lined him up and ran the ball and did it successfully. So now defenses say, all right, this guy's just a running back. He's obviously a good pass catcher. I think you prepare for him a, a little differently. What's interesting is word is, and again, you hear all this crap this time of year, so I don't know what to believe, but the Jamal Rilla, Jamal Williams is really pushing him already. You know, That doesn't often mean much to me except for the fact that I don't feel like the Packers, if Jamal Williams is doing well as a natural wide or running back, I don't feel like the Packers are overly invested in Ty Montgomery as a running back. So I feel like it may be easier to squeeze a guy like him out, even if he's being, even if he's had some success. Well, and and a good thing with Ty Montgomery, even if Jamal Williams seems to be pushing him for some running back time. They can still utilize him in the passing oh, game. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a, he's nothing be a but a positive. I mean, you look at the. I, I think he's going to be okay because you 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 mentioned him when you were talking about McCaffrey about this potent offense. Of course, you have Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, and, and now they bring in Martellus Bennett, and you even have Lance Kendrick bagging him up. He's not going to kill you at the tight end spot, and they're just loaded on offense. So I think he's going to be okay. And, and let's face it, their defense last year was 30th against the pass. Right. They're going to move the ball and score points. Yeah, we know that. So, I mean, I think Ty Montgomery's a safe pick. It just depends where you, what your strategy is and how much you want to pay for him. But in a PPR, I think you're fine with him, period. Yeah. I, th- I, I think he'll be utilized – in the passing game as a running back, and maybe even thrown in the slot as a wide receiver, you know, if, if Jamal Williams tends to come in. But that's sort of my point, and it'll become what the sites do, and I don't want to go down that wormhole. Heck, we've killed this show. We've only got 15 minutes left as it is, Rick. But you just wonder if Jamal Williams is performing to a level. My point being, they're not really invested as him as much in him as a running back if they'd be willing if you have a Jamal Williams who who can get the job done and Ty Montgomery's a good playmaker in the offense maybe you do slide him over in the slot and then that becomes a question of what's Mark what's Montgomery's value as a wide receiver I think that's where the question mark comes in if Williams comes in gets some carries and has some success maybe why wouldn't you want Ty Montgomery over there in the slot right well yeah, to what end, though? I mean, yeah, I don't know. everybody else well, over there, too. I mean, exactly. You're right. I mean, they just they, – there's so much luxury on that offense. Yeah. We don't know what they're going to be, be doing, and, and they may not yet either, but, but you can bet that their little minds are working yeah. on all different little schemes and, and setups. And that's just where my concern would be in drafting a Ty Montgomery. Now, you're not paying a big price for him, so I think – it's hardly a risk, but there's a, there's some other guys I just feel more comfortable with if I'm playing. You know, I tend to play it a little more conservative at the running back position. Yeah, if you're drafting him for one of your top running backs, might be a little concerned. But if you're okay, maybe you you've gotten a couple of maybe a running back and a wide receiver and whatever, and you got Ty Montgomery. Hey, a great flex spot, yeah, even yeah. even if Williams is starting to come in because he's not going off the yeah. field for a long time. Yeah, and the really the only other thing I think Martellus Bennett could be huge there in Green Bay. Obviously, if he can stay healthy, he's had trouble staying on the field lately. But what I really what I wonder too, Rick, has Devontae Adams so clearly passed up Randall Cobb to justify a full twenty 
player difference in ADP with Devontae Adams right now at an ADP, ADP of 20 and Randall Cobb at 39? No. Well, I don't think so. Uh, sometimes I'm a little stubborn when it comes to that, to seeing the changing of the guard. But, you know, Cobb was had some really big years. He had kind of a down year, but he was dinged up a lot too last year. And he's really working to have a comeback year. Jordy Nelson's back, you know, knock wood that he yeah. doesn't, doesn't go down. But I I think um, I, I'm not sure that – the Cobb's ready to step down yet. Let's put it that way. Well, I think they could be a lot closer to the same type of numbers. And that that that's sort of where I'm getting with this. I just I don't see the clear separation there if they're both on the field. I get the feeling like they're the type, and there's somebody I used to – two guys I used to talk about this with all the time, and it escapes me at the moment. But it feels like they're just going to trade who's weak it is, right? Because Aaron Rodgers is that kind of quarterback. Jordy's going to get his no matter what. I think Martellus is going to get his. And then one week the matchup's going to be better for Cobb or the matchup's going to be better for Adams. And we sort of saw it last year, right? All of a sudden Devontae Adams would pop up and have a two or three touchdown before halftime game. And then he'd be quiet for a week or two. And at the end the numbers were big. Point being, if I want one of these guys in this Green Bay offense not named Jordy Nelson, I think I'm going to go out and wait till 40 and, and take a Randall Cobb rather than I, – I don't know how comfortable I am calling Devontae where Adams. You, where did you say you saw Adams at? I got Adams at 20. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, there he is at 21. And this is – we're on different sites here, and Cobb's at 39. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's – so, yeah, I mean, that's 18 spots. So you're talking a, a lower mid wide receiver two versus, a, you know, a lower mid wide receiver three. I'll go ahead and put pay the price tag on Randall Cobb because I think you, you said it perfectly. I think those numbers are going to end up being a lot closer at the end. I think they're both very valuable. This isn't oh, a no knock doubt. on Devontae Adams. I just don't feel like he's 20 slots better than Randall Cobb. No, and – I don't see Aaron Rodgers going away from Cobb that much no, if no. Cobb's out there healthy. Right. Now, let's face it, he was banged up last year, and he didn't have a great year. But that happens at times. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb have a history, and they've, they've put out some big numbers. You remember two or three years ago when they were both top ten receivers. I'm right. talking about him and Jordy Nelson. So uh, he's certainly capable. Yeah, it's just, it was just the difference in ADP that surprised me between them. So we got to keep moving, Rick. Minnesota Vikings. We talked last week, Dalvin Cook getting all the work while Latavius Murray's banged up again. Coming around on Dalvin Cook a little bit, Rick. I know how much you like Murray. No, I like what I talked about last week. I, I'm believing in Cook. Look, he's Murray just come off the pop list, I believe, with that ankle issue. I think they're both going to get theirs, what there is in Minnesota. What it is, I'm not sure. I, you know, They have not been able to run the football for years right now. Right. Um, by the last two or three years, the, the line just doesn't seem to be holding up to make holes for them. McKinnon couldn't get it done. Peterson couldn't get it done before he got hurt last year. And, of course, you know, they just haven't really established a run game. Maybe a cook can. Maybe Latavius Murray can. I don't know. But I'm not looking for huge numbers out of either one yeah, of these guys. And you may well be right. I think Cook could could be that guy. I think we'll they're going to be more of a threat than they were right. that you know conglomeration they had last year. Right. But 
you know, right. I, I'm just it's it's hard to say. Oh, you go out and get Latavius Murray. No, oh, go no, out no. and get Dalvin Cook. I mean, because I I, I just, might target Cook, but but moving past that, beyond that, there's not a lot to talk about fantasy wise. Well, Kyle right? Rudolph is a very nice tight end, especially with Sam Bradford still a yeah. quarterback. I think he quietly had a really good year last year. 83 catches, seven touchdowns. Yeah. Quietly had a really good year. Remember, he was real hyped up in 2015 and really disappointed. So you wonder if it wasn't there with Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater isn't that guy. Seems to be the guy for Sam Bradford. So Kyle Rudolph. Well, I do like Stefan Diggs, you know, at 30 as a wide receiver three. I love that. I love that kid. I think he could certainly outperform that ADP. That's a guy I target. And it's just really, I can't, you know, Adam Thielen, is there anybody else fantasy relevant in that offense to you outside of the running backs? Well, Rudolph? Michael Floyd will be coming back from a four game suspension <laughs> that will certainly I mean it it does it, it poses a question does it sit down feeling some or does it just push Treadwell out of the way I, you know what I'm saying and I mean they all I mean Adam Thielen had put put together a pretty nice year last year and, and he's certainly worth you know a wide receiver three slot maybe a four but uh, Whatever, I'm I, not going to have a big Adam no, but, debate with you. But the thing is, you know, will Michael Floyd affect some of these guys? I just wonder, is he actually going to come back? He just can't stay off the sauce whatsoever. But let's move on, Rick. Head uh, head next I door. I see your interest in Minnesota just isn't there. Yeah, I just – it's I, I love Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I'm way higher on Dalvin Cook than you are. Pick up the defense. Rudolph, in well, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Dalvin – Cook I'll be targeting. Rudolph if I wait on my tight ends. And I'll own a lot of Stephon Diggs, especially at, at wide receiver 30s where he's going right now, last pick of the fifth round. I'll hop all over that all day because I think he outperforms that and he ends up being a, a wide receiver too before it's all set said and done so over over and in detroit rick so frustrating you know being a lock for over 4300 yards and 25 touchdowns why not matt stafford for your fantasy qb why don't you just wait and draft matt stafford rather than paying a high price tag on your aaron Rodgers and your tom brady's why not matt rick i ask you that because he's he's not consistent. He's like Blake Bortles was last year. <laughs> I mean, when you look at the season, you look at the numbers, yeah, it wasn't all that bad. But as a Blake Bortles owner last year, I was fully believing in that offense, the weapons they had. He's killing me. And, you know, I mean, talk, we talk about him getting on the sauce. He was forcing me on the sauce trying to watch him do that. Well, to be fair, it doesn't take much to force you to the sauce. <laughs> no, nah, I, I think you're just getting a little personal here. But <sighs> Rick's an alcoholic if somebody didn't get the subtlety of that joke. Yeah, uh, that's just all nonsense. But, no, I like Matt Stafford, but, you know, 4,300 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 picks. That was last year. Um you know, do you want that? You know, or are you willing to go the price for 5,200 yards, 37 touchdowns with Drew Brees? That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Huge difference. And, and, and if you could just bear with me just for a minute, we're almost done with the North here. You just look at his consistency last year. You know, Bob Lung, that was for you. That's right. Bob. You know, Bob, you know, if, if you're listening, sorry we didn't hook up at the Hall of Fame. We – but we when, saw you, him. when you dropped off uh, Kurt Warner, you know we couldn't stop talking to you because we had to get in <laughs> we had there. To talk and, Kurt, uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah, getting back to Matt Stafford. I mean, we'll just run down really quickly 
340, 260, 385. Boy, that sounds good. 213, 180, you know, 220, 266, 240, 219. You know, I don't, I don't know. There's just something about Matt Stafford that drives me up a wall. And everybody likes to jump on that 5,000-yard season he had. And he's a 42, 4,300-yard guy, period. That's Matt Stafford. Yeah, yeah he's not. He he's is. not Drew Brees. Nah. Quit trying to make him that. He had that one five thousand yard year. And that's then... what everybody's talking about. Yeah, well, well that's one. I mean, how many years have been in the league now? I know. It's, Eight? It still sticks in my head. All right, we've only got five minutes left, Rick. We already covered the running back situation there. That's a mess, and that's good enough. So, real quick. The Bears, Rick. Jordan Howard, the real deal. We 100% in on this. I am. I am. Rick Briggs 100% in. I'm in on Jordan Howard. I'm in on Cameron Meredith. And, um, you know, Glennon, I, I'm not certainly not in on him. Don't get me wrong there. Is he going to be able to move the football in that offense? I think they'll be okay. I mean, eh, like you like to do, right. Ike. But, you know, I mean, their wide receiver core is certainly deep at least with players is not going to kill you. You got right. Wheaton, you got uh, what is it? Um, oh, Victor Cruz. I don't know. He may fall apart before training camp. Right. But they have Kendall Wright. He's yeah. But they don't kill you. So I mean, I do they, like the reports that uh, Cameron Meredith has apparently has a oh. tremendous, tremendous rapport with Mike Glennon right now. So I that's love the guy Cameron Meredith. You can get him as a wide receiver three, and certainly a price I would pay there. I just got to wonder what makes me nervous with Cameron Meredith, and if if that's true, he has that rapport with Glennon, and they translate this success here in the summer when they start playing games in September. Is I just got to wonder with the price that they paid to get Mitch Trubisky, Rick. At what point does that start, you know, forcing the Bears to go with him way too early? It doesn't unless they're losing. True. Which they're probably going to be. If Mike Glenn – well, look, last year they had the 15th-ranked offense, 15th-ranked defense, kind of in the middle of the pack. Kind of a, you know, competitive but just a very disappointing year. They could turn it around with a guy like Glenn and the maturity of, you know, Meredith and maybe they develop chemistry – they're winning. They're even six and five, looking at a playoff thing. No, they're not even talking about Trubinsky. Yeah, we'll bring him in next year, Let, whatever. Let's it is. hope so. If this is true, because I think Cameron Meredith, we could be talking about him as a wide receiver too. If all these reports, yeah, are I true. would hate to see him have to switch quarterbacks to a rookie in midseason. Quite frankly, but I'm all in on Jordan Howard and Cameron Meredith. And you know what, Kevin White sure is a, is a dynamic player too, if he can stay healthy. So, I mean, they've got playmakers. And I see he's run back to the to the control room. Rick, can you hear me? I'm coming, I'm coming. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, it was a long weekend, but we're here again for you. We'll be back yeah. uh, Thursday here on the Arena Sports Network covering the A. What do we got left? The NFC South and the NFC East. We'll get those knocked out. Leave ourselves enough time to talk about all the teams in the division this time. In a week from tonight, we will have country singer and songwriter Johnny Reed Foley on. Can't wait for that. Check Can't that out. Wait. Spread the word on that. Good kid. Yes, he is. And he's talented and his career's starting to take off. And I really wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. So we'll have that next week, Thursday. Those two previews. Thanks so much for joining us. 
guys. Check out uh, all the Hall of Fame stuff on AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on Twitter. Don't forget to let the Arena Sports Network know uh, know you heard about them here, ArenaSportsNet.com. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. It's about doing it for nothing because it lives in your soul.